Welcome to Going Blind Sucks. I'm your host, Dustin Diodato, and with me, as always, is my co-host, wife, and sound engineer, Joy Masters. Hi. How you doing? I'm fine. Cool. Um, I'm, gu- I'm good. Uh, so this week, we'll be talking uh, a little bit about Vision Walk, which happened uh, a little over a week ago, uh, and we will also be talking uh, about sympathy and various things along those lines, about how people can relate to people who are having vision issues. Uh, and how sometimes uh, kind words can bum you out. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> it's happy talk yeah. with Dustin. Uh, well, it's, it's called Going Blind Sucks. So I know, but it doesn't, I mean... It doesn't always have to be... Things suck, but you don't always have to be upset about it. Right. And I, I don't mean that if that... I didn't mean for that to sound harsh. No, I know. And it'll actually, it'll all come together when we get to that part. Okay. Because um, I understand what you mean. Uh, but they'll... I, yeah. Um, but it actually... It actually doesn't suck as much as I'm making it sound. Um, <laughs> okay, so Vision Walk. Uh, before I get into it, I just want to thank all the people who came and walked. Uh, specifically, uh, Adam Nowak and his family. Yay! Uh, Ian, Heather, and little Henry. Ruby. Right. Uh, and Ru- yeah, Ruby. Little Ruby and Henry. Little, um, Ru- little Henry. Yes. Uh, Cindy Weiss. Uh, little Cindy Weiss. Uh, she's little. Yeah, she's little. Not as little as the other two, but... Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, derailing. Go ahead. Uh, and then uh, Mom, Dad, and Wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, for also great and little no yeah um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who will walk sure and uh, for all the people who walked in vision walk and for all the people who donated there are a lot of people who donated we raised yeah, thank you uh i think thirty eight hundred dollars oh that's awesome uh which is yeah uh i was very happy with it uh thanks for the listeners who donated um so anyway yeah so vision walk uh the first year vision walk happened it felt um like it was more of a charity event you know like we were raising money for a cause for, for someone else for someone else and then this year because uh, we we did it two years ago we skipped last year um did it this year um this year it was way realer <laughs> um because i was like oh okay you know uh i'm raising money for me to not to for, for a cure for me um and it i don't know it felt way more serious and I think the thing that struck me as the day got closer was the thought that there was going to be a crowd. Because one of the most like anxiety-inducing things in my life is a large crowd of people all walking in a direction. Mm. So all of a sudden, I was like, oh, there are going to be a lot of people there. And they're all going to be walking. And that's a situation where I would normally take out the cane. But I got to thinking back to Vision Walk from two years ago. And maybe one in 30, one in 40 of the people who were walking that were visually impaired were using a cane. And I was like, well, I can't be that guy. You know? Uh, And you would think of all places in the world, the one that you would feel most comfortable would be Vision Walk. Yeah. But the... But I couldn't be the guy who was in the bottom percentile, you know? So I was determined no matter what, that I was not going to be that person. Because it's one thing to say I am visually impaired. It's one thing to say that I am legally blind. But of the people that I know, I am, you know, that are visually impaired, I'm in the best shape because I don't know any others, you know? Um... (laughs) Or I hear, you know, stories at conferences or I'll occasionally get, you know, emails from people. Um, and people are either like 
where I'm at or a little bit worse. And not that I'm glad about that, but you always want to hope that you are, you know, I got it, but I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm not that bad. And I didn't want to be the, the low percentage. I didn't want to be the pe- person who was like way blind at vision walk. So it was, there was a lot of anxiety there. Um, yeah, sounds like. During the actual walk, there wasn't that much. Because um, one thing that everybody who is close with a person who is visually impaired knows is predictability is key. So <laughs> uh, everybody walked at an even pace in a straight line. And if they were going to stop, they pulled to the side. Mm-hmm. As you should when you are walking. <laughs> yeah, you should do that no matter what. Right. Uh, so the actual walk part of the vision walk was pretty easy to do. You just made sure you didn't walk in front of the person in front of you. And I would gather as walks go, um, the crowd was more spread out than a typical walk would be because a lot of people in the crowd had that issue. Um, but before the walk started, it was in the Banshell. It was everything in front of the Banshell in Central Park. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that area, basically there's like a little stage uh, and it's surrounded by a circle of pavement where everybody was. Um, and that part was freaky as hell because all of a sudden now you're surrounded by a bunch of people who have vision issues and there's no rhyme or reason to the traffic patterns. Mm. And there are lots of little kids who are just running around and they don't care. They will run into anything because there are granola bars on different parts of the circle and they're going to get them. Um, and that part was very, very like, I wish I had just gotten there right in time for the race because that part of the uh, vision walk was very daunting. Weren't you standing still? Uh, for part of it, but then you wanted to get a drink because it was hot. And then you, like, I was looking for the people who were walking with the team. And um, so you had to, like, stumble through a crowd of people and all that. Uh, that and uh, so that was one ex- part of the experience. And the other part of the experience was I didn't realize they were going to occasionally be yelling out team names. Um, Just ran- randomly, spontaneously? Uh, no, like if a team raised a certain amount of money, they were like, hey, here's the top whatever teams at raising money. Uh, and we came in 13th. Oh, cool. So um, they were reading through a list of team names. And all the other team names are much more optimistic. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all like, uh, we're going to walk for vision and, you know, Jacob's team and, you know, a cure is in sight. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then going blind sucks. And I was like, oh, I feel embarrassed every single time you say the team name. <laughs> I am the one with the dark sense of humor and everyone else is the ones who are bright and happy. You know, one thing we can say is that you're true to yourself. It, yes. You don't pull any punches. I don't. Uh, you are who you are and, and you make it known by by everything that you say and do. Uh, yeah. And call yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to their credit, they didn't back off of saying it. They could have just sort of skipped it or like... Mm, so. um, <laughs> Going blind is not very great. <laughs> right. Uh, but they <laughs> stuck with it and they said the team name because we came in 13th. And that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you brought in money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was my experience at Vision Walk. Uh, again, thanks so much for all the people who donated. Uh, it's super. Yeah, thank you. Super duper awesome. Uh, so. I'm, I'm really sorry I couldn't be there. Uh, no, you were there. You were there a couple years ago. D- that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my wife, you know, she came once. What was, what was the Vision Walk like for you a couple years ago? You were there. I know. What was your experience? At, at oh, um, I don't know if I can say it. I thought it was a little sad, actually. 
because um, they had us on this muddy track that we had to traverse three, four times, something like that. We had to go, we had a very short track that we were yeah, in. Yeah, go there, come back, go, go there. Pa- go. Pass the, the finish line, go back, pass the finish line again, and then, then stop. It was, it was convoluted and confusing and it felt like we were just off in the woods somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't mind the woods. I'm just saying that. It's like, uh, sure, vision walk. You can, you can, uh, you can have this three hundred yard patch of muddy land yeah. to walk around with blind people and <laughs> get. And you're like, really? This is what you wanted, anyway. That was one of the weird things uh, when we were trying to find the location because you kind of feel like you know where the band show is in Central Park, but you is it by the Bethesda Fountain? Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, but I, I, was, I was like, walk. oh, I know where that is. I will just walk into the entrance on Seventy Second Street, and it will be right there. And it's not. No, it's in the middle. No. Uh, I mean, I knew it was in the middle, but I just didn't know, like, the road split. Oh, yeah. And here's a weird thing. They're like, oh, you know what? We'll have a volunteer, and the volunteer will have a big arrow that says, go this way mm-hmm. to get there. That's great. Yeah, which is, you know, awesome. Except um, there are two turns and one volunteer. So um. uh, <laughs> they say, hey, make this right here. And when you see a volunteer telling you how to get somewhere, you assume that when you need to make another turn, you will see another volunteer. Of course. Uh, but you don't. Uh, you just have to know that that turn is there. So we wandered very far off the path oh, no. before we realized that we were going in the wrong direction. Uh, so I just want to be like, hey, um, for people who don't know where they're going, you need to help them out more. But I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to crap on Vision Walk. No. It, it, it was a great thing that they did. Yeah, they put a and, lot of work into it. Uh, it was my fault for getting lost. I should have looked at the map or the GPS on my phone. Well, that's the end of them. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, Vision Walk was good. So, getting into the next uh, topic. Um, Cheeseburgers? <laughs> um, sympathy. Oh. Um, the uh, the reason I started thinking is I was, I was talking to somebody recently, and they started off the conversation with, you know, I was thinking about you recently, and I was thinking how hard it must be for you to, to get through like each day and do all these different things. And, uh, and I know that there was sympathy there that they were trying to say, Hey, I respect what you are doing. But to me, what I heard is you, I was thinking about how much your life sucks and how hard it must be to be you. And nobody wants to think, nobody wants to be the person who everybody's thinking like, I don't want to be you because you're you. You know, you can't not be you. So all of a sudden, realizing that you're the person that nobody wants to be is is messed up. It's not that they wouldn't want to be you. They wouldn't want to be blind. I know, but like you, you try and get in your head that you are like everybody else. Okay. You know, and mm-hmm. when somebody says like, oh, no, you're not like everybody else. Your life is way harder than everybody else. Um, you're trying to pretend like it's not. You know that it is, but if you think about how much harder things are, uh, it, I don't know, it messes with your head. Uh, so what I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to, I don't normally use copyrighted material for the podcast, uh, but I, I was listening to a song and I thought that it was significant to what we do. Um, I think it's actually about uh, bipolar disorder. But um, I think it applies uh, to this particular 
podcast and the, the type of people who might listen to it. So I thought I'd play that, and then we talk a little bit more about. Um, I, I, I thought I'd, I'd ask you a bunch of questions about your how you relate to sort of the things that I say. Um, because I know that I have my own issues, but you are in a world where you need to, like, guess what I'm going through to a degree. Uh, anyway, so here's a song. Uh, it's by an artist named Missy Higgins. Oh. Um, the song is called Night Minds. Have you ever heard it before? No. Uh, so uh, here it is, and we'll be right back. Just lay it all down. Put your face into my neck and let it fall out I know, I know, I know I knew before you got home This world you're in now It doesn't have to be alone I'll get there somehow I know, I know, I know When even springtime feels cold But I will learn to breathe This ugliness you see So we can both be there And we can both share the dark And in our honesty Together we will rise out of our night minds and into the light at the end of the fight You have last by a different kind of interview It's all magnified The highs will make you fly But the lows make you want to die And I was once there Hanging from that very ledge Where you are standing So I know, I know it's easier to let go But I will learn to breathe This ugliness you see So we can both be there And we can both share the dark And in our honesty Together we will rise out of our night minds and into the light at the end of the fight And in our honesty Together we will rise Out of our night minds and into the light at the end of the fight So anyway, that was the song. Um, I admit it. I like girly music. Nothing wrong with it. it. Um, so anyway, yeah. So to m- granted, the song was probably uh, 
more about depression and i again uh, manic depression i think yeah because you were talking about the the highs being yeah. great for him and or her and then the lows wanting that person to, that person wants to die yeah um so and i think inherently um there is depression involved around something like vision loss so i i thought it was appropriate um because you know as a uh as my partner uh i am you say that funny <laughs> but i am no i know You're like partner mm-hmm <laughs> Um, there, there is a certain need to sympathize and to get into a, a mind frame that I'm in. Uh, well, we, one of the other episodes, you were talking about people that don't sympathize, right. loved ones that you would expect to sympathize with the person going through something like this and that they don't. So I don't have to sympathize. Ha. I do because I love you and care for you and I want to connect with you. Yes. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. I'm not sure why. I just okay. <laughs> no, and I appreciate the fact that you do. I'm not saying that you are obligated to sympathize with <laughs> I me. I did not sign any but contract I'm, saying that I had to sympathize with you. But I'm saying that you, because you have chosen to stand by me. Okay. Part of doing that, I think, at least I'm imagining, is trying to sort of get an impression as to what I'm going through, knowing that you can't. Right. Um, and... And you know, another thing too, yeah. is that I want other people to sympathize. And so when I'm talking about you to other people, they always ask what it's like and like trying to describe what you actually go through. So that's another thing too. I want other people <laughs> to sympathize <laughs> as well. I'm like, no, you, sh this guy is going through hard stuff. So you better, you better understand that and feel bad for him. Not yeah. feel bad, but sympathize. No, know, but, which but isn't the same, I don't think. But I understand that like, I, I was talking to somebody recently about how, um, in movies, whenever you see somebody who's got like some sort of issue or whatever, they um, they'll always be all tough and they'll be like, "Don't you pity me? Whatever you do, don't pity me." Uh, and in my head, I was always like, "Pity me? Go ahead. That's awesome. I could use the support." <laughs> um, but that was when I didn't feel as though there might be something for somebody to pity. And now that I look at it, where I was like, you know, when I hear something like. And somebody is saying like I, I think about what you must be going through, and I think about how hard it must be. I feel like that person is pitying me a little bit, and when you start thinking about being the person who is pitied, you have that sense of that person saying again, "Your life is not good," and I try and struggle to make it as much like anybody else's as possible. And when I hear somebody telling me that I feel like I must not be doing a very good job. I must I must look like I am struggling and I am struggling to not look like I am struggling. I wonder also, or instead of, could it be that they know it would suck for them, that they, they are not positive that they would be able to handle it as well as you. So therefore, they're worried about you because they know they couldn't handle it. And although you... You know, there are people out there that are like, oh, this guy doesn't have any problems. But people that take a moment and actually think about it realize, you know what, even as tough as he's being on the outside, I'm sure he's struggling inside. And even if you aren't, to get to the point where you're not struggling is a struggle. And yeah. it takes time, if that makes sense. It does. So so I, I, what I'm trying to say is that maybe it's more about them and less about you. Okay. I can see that. I'm sorry I don't say 
things succinctly. No, you said it very well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could very well just be something that they are are saying to make themselves feel a certain way or yeah. whatever. But also to to show compassion. And yeah. for anybody who said something like that to me, don't think that I'm thinking screw you. I know why you're saying it, and I appreciate the intent behind it. It was just the way that I was reacting to it internally was that it bummed me out because yeah you know um because you want to think that you got it figured out you know you want to think that you got it all together that your life is rocking that things are happening yeah. no matter what with or without blindness or right everybody yeah, wants to think that like everybody wants to be them you know that they that they got it going on so when somebody <laughs> tells you um I, I really don't want to be you. You're like, oh, but I want people to want to be me. So, you know what I mean? I do. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about was that... Are the, we done with that one? Um, no, we can keep... Okay, no, go um, I'm just giving you our time. Because um, it was it's something that I had, I had experienced recently uh, in terms of dealing with the struggle and all that um, and trying to seem like I have it all together. Uh I went to a baseball game on Friday night uh, and I had it in my head that all I wanted was popcorn and a soda. It's a baseball game. Of course. Popcorn and a soda. Maybe Simplest a hot dog, thing. you know? Yeah, maybe a hot dog. Uh, uh, so I went to, C- I was at City Field uh, where the Mets play, in case you don't know. And first of all, there's a lot more options than there used to be uh, at a baseball game. For uh, food, in, do you mean? Yeah. Okay. In order to get to the place where I could find popcorn and a soda, I had to walk by uh, some like barbecue place. I had to walk by uh, Shake Shack, which is like a burger joint thing. But with that, it had a line like 700 people deep. Um, I had to walk <laughs> by a, a lobster place. Wow. I had to go over a bridge. For and, real? Yes. And then I finally got to where there was popcorn, where I could see that there was popcorn. <laughs> it's at the end of a rainbow. It was. It was a good, like, 15 minutes of walking. Wow. To get there. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. Um, so I finally get there, and it's a Nathan's. Like, it's a Nathan's branded whatever thing. Uh, a couple of things that I've never seen at a baseball game, uh, or one thing I've never seen at a baseball game is a self-service concession stand. Oh, that would be chaos, wouldn't it? Yes. I've also never seen a self-service Nathan's. So I never expected to be a self-service Nathan's at a baseball game. But I would have expected there to be a sign. And there wasn't. We were just supposed to know that it was self-service at this thing. And nobody did. It was a lot of people who worked there yelling at us that it was self-service and what would have helped us is if there was food out but there wasn't well, how what were you supposed to <laughs> they were they would bring the food and it would all be gone in a second because they were doing it very slowly we could see it oh they just weren't they just weren't putting it out where we could reach it there was a whole rows of hot dogs and rows of french fries um and i wouldn't have even cared i just wanted a beverage I just wanted an ice cold soda. That was the only part that wasn't self-service. Um, 
There was one dude for everybody there. Now, why am I telling you this story? I don't know. Because it has nothing to do with... uh, Because there were so many people and uh, it was one of the few times where I like I had the cane rocking you know there like uh, I knew I'm in a baseball game I had I had the cane and normally I I don't want to use it as like a please just help me kind of thing mm-hmm. but it was one of the few times where uh, I just lost it uh, because I couldn't figure out who to talk to and nobody was helping me and I just hit a point where I was like, I am using a blind person's cane and you can't just help me figure out where I need to go. Um, Did you ask anybody? Uh, I kept, I, it was really difficult to find a guy. It was like a good 10 minutes before like a guy came over and I was like, buddy, I just need a soda. Can I just get a soda? He's like, look, I have to help a lot of people. Um, and I was like, I, I, start, I was losing it. I was not in a good way. Uh, and... And I think that's where, at least for me, maybe it's my own personal thing. Maybe it's a thing other people go through, but I'm just sharing it because, you know, whatever. Um, there's this struggle to be independent. There's a struggle to be normal, to feel like everybody else. But every once in a while, when you're in a situation like that, there's that sense of like, look, I can't do this. I want to pretend like I'm like everybody else, but I can't even see what's happening right now. There are too many people. There are too many options. And this isn't clear enough. And there's nothing predictable about this situation. If there was something predictable, I would roll with it. But in this case, you're throwing too many variables at me. Uh, and it's a very upsetting moment when you when you hit that point. You know? Beyond the anger, beyond all that, um, there just hits certain points where you get overwhelmed with the fact that you can no longer do that thing. And that's where I hit. And unfortunately, I was with somebody from work, uh, which was an extra bummer about the whole thing because I was like, now they're seeing me like sort of lose my mind um, because I just want somebody to help. And for me, that's a hard place to be. Because I struggled so hard at being independent. It's so important for me to be independent. And now I'm going, okay, I will allow myself to be a little bit more dependent. I will allow myself to be a little bit more dependent. And then to be presented with a situation where I knew my only choice was to be dependent. I was, and I couldn't even be dependent because these stupid people wouldn't help me (laughs) and just give me a damn soda. Um, And they forced me to eat more calories because once I had gotten on that line, and it took me like 15 minutes to get a soda. I was like, well, I'm getting some Nathan's French fries because I've been here for a really long time. So I got a large Nathan's French fries in addition to my popcorn, uh, which I'm not disappointed that I got, but I wouldn't have gotten it. But I felt like I deserved a reward of Nathan's French fries. I agree. But now they haven't even learned their lesson. No, they haven't. You gave them money. I gave Probably them like money. 50 bucks for all that too. <laughs> it was pretty expensive. <laughs> um, I think you should write a letter to uh, City Field there. I should. Because I'll tell you right now, as much as I don't like the New York Rangers, when I went to Madison Square Garden, those people helped me out big time. Oh, cool. I was maybe 15 minutes in the door, and somebody came over and said, hey, there's an extra elevator over here if you guys want to take that to your seats and just come back here if you need it. And Oh, like, that's really nice. Yeah, they were super cool. 
So if you are visually impaired and your choices are City Field or Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden every oh, time. And also um, in Syracuse, where did we go for the Crunch show? The Crunch I, show. Crunch <laughs> game. Sorry, it was a hockey game. I have no idea. Oh, shoot. I think it was the On Center. I want to say it was the On Center. Okay. Or War Memorial. One of those. Anyway, Syracuse. Yeah. If you're in Syracuse and they you're looking and the place where the where the uh, the crunch play, the, yeah, go there. Yeah, because they were super great for you. I mean, like in a second, they were at your side trying to help you. Yeah. yeah. So and I, you know, I guess like I like I'm saying, like, you don't want to be dependent, but every once in a while you do sort of end up feeling like, do you not see this? Like um, you know um. Absolutely. You know what though, and and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. But it does remind me of general human things. Like, I, I I consider myself extremely independent. But there are times when I have to ask for help. Like, you. You know, I mean, I know that happens in a partnership. But yeah, there are times when you have to turn to someone and say, dude, I can't do this on my own. Whatever it is at that point. And I think that's normal. And I think that's a natural sort of thing. And I And I know what you're saying is that you don't want to get to that point. But yeah hopefully there'll be someone there that can help you and not some jerky nathan skywalker <laughs> yeah oh and also just because i'm already because this is a rant episode clearly i'm ranting about things Go ahead. um i'm in penn station which is like the train hub in new york city for, oh it's crazy again. in there yeah there's a lot of people it's, i think it might even be worse there than grand central yeah uh which is like the stereotypical busiest it is. place um, you know what it is i think it's the height of the ceilings yeah it makes it seem so yeah, much bigger yeah you feel more, more com- compacted Madison Square Garden or Penn Station. So anyway, I'm, I'm walking through there, and that's one of those places where no matter what the situation is, I'm like, all right, I'm just taking out the cane because it's a crowd of people, and my only chance of not like just fully taking somebody out is with the cane. So I'm walking through there, uh, and somebody's crossing diagonally in front of me, uh, close enough that they hit the cane, and that's okay. That happens. They're, I'm not expecting them to be looking at it. Um, but then they look down, they see the cane and they just keep with their diagonal walking and push the cane completely to the side. Now you don't know how much I can see and how much I can't see. You don't know what effect that's ultimately going to have on me. it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, it's just incredibly rude. Right. I don't understand. I want to go punch that person in the face. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't envision a culture where that is okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. It. I wish that I we had all this equipment with us all the time so we could interview that person and bring them in and go, okay, walk me through what you're doing. Yeah, what did you think there? Do you think, oh, this guy's got a cane? Oh, yeah, I'll show him. Yeah. Now, I know, ultimately, its effect on me getting from point A to point B was very little, which is why I, I don't feel like as much outrage as I guess I could uh, because I know, for me, like, I'm using the cane... To sort of part the seas a little bit. Well, uh, it helps you navigate and helps other people realize that they have to help you navigate. Right. By moving. Right. So that, you know, I can see the person hitting the cane. So I'm aware that now that they are there and I will stop movement. Um, so it did its purpose. The goal was accomplished. But you're a jerk. Yeah. But I mean, you even getting on the subway, if someone pushes you, you and you still get on the subway, sure, it didn't really stop your day. But it's an awful, it's a a jarring thing yeah. and it's, it makes you feel bad and then you carry it around with you and it just, yeah, grr. 
And if any of you guys out there listening have a similar story, please let us share them because I would like to read some of the ridiculous things that people think is totally okay. Uh, that you. But it is not. That, but it is not. That we all know it is not. Uh, so uh, that's what I had to talk about for this week. Did you want to go back to the sympathy thing? Or yes. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, I, yeah, because I had I had made I had made some notes. Oh, so you were lying. Uh, well, you no. More to talk I, about. I I mean I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about it or not. Yeah, I'm here to talk to you. Okay. Because when these mics are off, I am saying nothing. Yeah. For the last seven weeks since the last episode, <laughs> not a word. Uh. So what do you when you are trying to explain to other people what it's like mm-hmm. how do you explain it um well because usually people are like well how's he doing how are his eyes mm-hmm. and i generally say um well they're like oh have you has he been tested again mm-hmm. i said well he has good days and bad days we call them bad you know bad seeing days and you know there's a lot of variables that can cause that and i say you know if he's tired or stressed out or you know there's some days where where we laugh about it and there's some days where we cry about it and they're like oh man that sucks he's like and then they would ask you know what what does he actually see and it's like well it's sort of like tunnel vision but not as distinct an outline i guess Mm -hmm. so i try to explain it that way and they're like wow that's really hard i go so what i usually do is like if i'm in a bar or if i'm out someplace where it's somewhat dark i will say in this lighting he probably would not be able to see you he might know that something's there but he wouldn't be able to make you out Mm -hmm. like as who you are now how does that make you feel when you're explaining it to them I actually, I feel okay. Okay. Um, there are times when, it, you know what, I think it depends on if you have had a bad seeing day recent to that moment. I think it, it sort wh- of goes along with how you were feeling and that if someone brings it up, I just feel bad about it and I don't want to talk about it as okay. much. I was like, no, he, you know, some days are good, some days are bad. Let's move on. You know, because mm-hmm. what else am I going to say? Nothing's changed. Sometimes it's crappy. Sometimes it's not as crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then that's usually around those times where you're not feeling as well. Okay. So that that affects me. Okay. But if it's just a regular day and someone's like, oh, hey, how's that going? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, this is how it's going. And I don't, I, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, your blindness doesn't affect me on those <laughs> days. It's just that it is what it is. It's part of life. Yeah. That's, that's part of our life. No, I, part of the reason I bring it up is... uh there could be because there's that weird sense, and I know this is going to sound odd when I say it, if you're not like me, but there's that weird competitive quality, like... Oh, like you want it to be worse? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say to you before, because there are some people I know that want to win that award of having the suckiest life. Like, yeah. oh, you don't know. You don't know what I have to put up with. You don't have to, don't know what, I, you know, my husband is this or this is that or, oh my God. Or if you say, hey, I, you know, was up late last night. Like, well, I was up, I was up even later than you. I was up until four in the morning. I was like, well, actually I was up till five. Yeah, I mean, I was up till six in the morning. And you know, like, it's like a pissing contest in a way of how bad things were. Yeah. But I, but I think more with that, well, two things. I think one is perhaps they don't have any real problems. <laughs> and the second part of that is they want the attention. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, you know, they have a life changing ailment. But do you ever <laughs> but do you ever feel when somebody when somebody does like bitch to you about like oh, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. my husband did my husband always, you know, uh comes home late and he's a jerk sometimes when you're like, Look, 
you want to go? Because... <laughs> well, my husband walked into a pole on yeah. the subway. <laughs> well, that was when you did that. Was it last week or the week before? Yeah. Um, I think that's right before I saw my family and they were asking how you're doing. I was like, well, <laughs> this happened on the subway. Because there's a pole in the middle of the new subway cars, relatively new subway cars. And normally you have no problem navigating. I usually rush ahead to sort of grab a seat. Yeah. And usually just follow the path that I take. At least that's what I assume you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And you didn't this time and you walked into the pole and I felt terrible about it. But I didn't want you to know that. So I was just like, oh, okay, are you okay? And you're like, yeah. And then we just moved on from it. But inside I was like, oh man, I feel bad because it, because I knew you were embarrassed. Yeah. You, you kind of want to, you know, it's going to draw more attention to it. But when it happens, you're going to be like, it's because I can't see that well. I know. I want to tell everybody. <laughs> it's, he's not an idiot, people. <laughs> yeah. He just couldn't see it. Yeah. It, it's a genetic thing. I'm not just, I wasn't not paying attention. Well, like when you do stand up and I'm like, you didn't shake the host's hand. Go back. Go yeah. tell him. Tell him why you didn't. Because now he thinks you're a jerk. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, he's not a jerk. He's just blind. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that is that weird phenomenon of like being oddly competitive about it. But there are some times where that's, it's not as much of a game. Yeah. I mean, in, in. In the real sense, it's not a game. No, but there you know are times I mean. where you're like, you know what? You little whiny person that I'm talking to right now, guess what? You have nothing to whine about, so shut up. Yeah. Well, I, I think about um, my my therapist works uh, a lot with veterans. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll be telling you to shut up. <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know, there's always a thing of like, oh, yeah, you know, I guess like, I watched nine of my friends get killed and we had to eat two of them. So <laughs> you, uh, you want to go? Because right, they've seen horrors that yeah, obviously, which they used to make them do. Like eventually, sometimes, eventually POWs they wouldn't feed them, so they'd end up having to. Oh. Um. Oh God. Yeah. Uh. This is a great uplifting episode. Yeah. No, isn't it though? Um, Sorry. No, it wasn't. It's been that bad. (laughs) No. Um. I just threw in that little story there. Little eat your friends Uh, story. That's yeah. Anyway, so right. uh, Um. See, there is always usually somebody who can... One-up you. One-up you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every once in a while, you have that story in that crowd. Yeah, sometimes you're the one that's like, ha-ha, I win this one. Yeah. And it's a game then because it's a social setting and it's not a life thing. It's just a like, hey, let me tell you my story. I mean, it's the same thing that comedians do. Slightly, right. Slightly. I mean, in, in a sense, obviously. They're not like, oh, guess what? I'm going to cut off my arm so I can... <laughs> have, it's You know what I'm trying to say here. I do. <laughs> Hopefully other people do. Or otherwise they're just ignoring me at this point. <laughs> Which is fine. Um my 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 other question is in and I think we've addressed this a little bit, but how often does that does it end up turning to resentment? On my part? Yeah. Of your blindness? Yeah. Every three months. Every three months. No, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know when it becomes resentment, and we, if you don't mind, I'm going to say it. People are going to yeah. hear it, and it's a general thing, so it's not like yeah. it's, you know you're totally when I don't when I don't go out places. It, sometimes when you don't go out places, but what it is is um, the vacuum cleaner. It's one of those things where um, there's a lot of things you prefer not to do because of your eyes, but then when you prefer not to do something because of something else, it makes me mad, and it, then I start to think. Is this another thing that I have to do by myself because he doesn't feel like doing it because he's not comfortable? That's when I get mad. That's when I resent it. Okay. It's not because um, my life is different. 
because I don't care as long as I'm with you. And it's just when you won't vacuum because you don't like the noise. You know, it's that kind of thing mm. that it it adds that that straw, I guess, to the camel's back in a way. Where it's like, I can handle all this stuff, but you're putting this on top of it? Are you kidding me at this point? And so every once in a while, one of those types of things will come up. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to lose my mind. For the record, <laughs> um, I don't vacuum that much because I don't really like vacuuming. Um, yeah, I love it. So but, I'm glad I have that task. But the thing that I was referring to that I you don't jerk. like about the vacuum is that if somebody else is vacuuming and I'm around... The fact that it is so loud blocks off all my ability to hear stuff too. So I would rather be outside of the apartment when the actual vacuuming is happening because I don't like the noise associated with it. I don't not vacuum because of the noise. I don't like to be home when the vacuum is happening because of the noise. Therefore, you would not be doing the vacuuming because... They but I, be- have, I have vacuumed. I do not remember when that was. You're not I do here. not like vacuuming, but I like not having garbage and dirt on the floor in clumps. Fine. Sorry, they're not clumps, but you know what Noted. I'm saying. Yes. Uh, so it, it's that point when I start to resent it. Okay. Because I'm okay. I feel like I'm okay with most things, but then when you pile, not pile, but when you put these little things on top of whatever the pile is of life, that's when I lose it. That's when I resent it. Okay. And, that, and then that, those are the moments where I'm like, I can't do everything. <laughs> And I know that I don't do everything, but it's just, those are the moments. So no, I don't resent you. I don't resent that uh, your eyes and how they change our lives. I'm not happy that they're doing that, but it's re- honestly, it's more because of how they affect you. Mm-hmm. And then the vacuuming thing, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay, cool. I think that's all I have. Well, I just, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make myself out to be a saint or anything. It's just that I'm lucky because I have you. Right. And you're worth it. A saint would have come to Vision Walk. I understand. I, (laughs) (laughs) you got me. You got me. (laughs) I will tell my niece that she's breaking up her marriage. Yes. That's not true if you're listening, Joe. (laughs) I'm sorry. But you're not helping it. (laughs) So, uh, I'm in so much trouble now. Yes. From everybody. Well, just blame you and they'll, they'll come after you. Okay, good. You can hit them with your cane. <laughs> anyway. Right. So thank you guys for listening. Um, and uh, visit the site. Leave us comments. Let us know what's going on with you. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.